friend who is an absolute technology geek. And she was one of those people that got in on the ground floor of the internet, like when it was still being tested out in labs and stuff. And she was telling me some stories about the early days of the web. And she told me this great thing that when she was in a chat room talking with her cyber buddies, she would be telling them a story about an interaction she had had. And they'd interrupt her and go, wait, 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 is this carbon or silicone? As in online or in person. <laughs> so it seems like the balance of human interaction in our culture is shifting a little bit more towards the silicone end of things, isn't it? Last Sunday, we marveled at St. Paul, a man who traveled 10,000 miles to spread the gospel, carbon to carbon, protein to protein, without an ounce of silicone assistance. And I suggested that if this sinful persecutor of the church could travel to the ends of the earth risking life and limb to share God's message of love and mercy, perhaps we could travel to the end of our driveways, risk a little awkwardness, and invite a neighbor to church. Protein to protein. Or maybe, if we prefer to go the silicone route, we could share that awesome stewardship video that we made on our Facebook pages. Just saying. <coughs> but what exactly are we inviting these people to? When the world seems to be drifting away from creaky old wooden churches and drifting towards Sunday mornings curled up in bed with a smartphone, what do we have to offer? When a sermon is a download away and the entire Bible is available in every language and format and translation in the palm of your hand, why would anyone come here to hear the good word? It's because church is about connection. Real, genuine human connection. Carbon to carbon, protein to protein. Our gospel this morning is a brilliant vision of what church should be, what this church could be. Imagine a young couple walking through our doors with their brand new baby. They're tired from a sleepless night, and they had a hectic morning getting an infant fed, changed, dressed into a car seat, out of a car seat, changed again, back into the car seat, and into the stroller to go up the ramp to church. They are seeking refreshment and a quiet moment in their lives to feel close to God, to give thanks for the delivery of their child. And they intend to show their gratitude with a small offering into the plate that is passed among us. Now imagine that as soon as they walk in, the oldest gentleman in our church, not naming names, imagine this man lighting up as he sees the child. He asks mama if he can hold the baby, and as he does, his eyes brim with tears. You're finally here, he says. Thank God you made it. We needed you. 
you're going to do amazing things. Now imagine that the oldest lady in our church, not naming names, comes over to see the baby and she coos and giggles at the child and says, God is so good. Everything is going to be okay now that you're on the planet. And she tells everyone at coffee hour about this amazing new being. And she will talk about God's goodness all week to anyone who will listen. How full would the heart of that young couple who walked through our door be? How full would our hearts be if we welcomed everyone who walked through that door like they were the Christ child himself coming into our little wooden church with the creaky pews? This, my friend, this is what we have to offer. It's human connection. Human to human, protein to protein. And we have to offer a real physical connection to our creator who loves us more than we'll ever know. Yes, it would be easier if you could just click a button and in two days, Amazon Prime would deliver a giant box with tons of bubble wrap and a teeny tiny little wafer and wine in it. <laughs> but it wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be the body and blood of Christ prayed and sang over in community. There wouldn't be human beings standing and sitting and kneeling and praying and singing and confessing and hearing the word right along with you. There wouldn't be an elder cooing at your baby or a kid darting past you at coffee hour to get the last cookie or an old friend asking you how your cancer treatments are going or how she can pray for you this week. You know, some folks these days prefer to say that they're spiritual and not religious, and that organized religion just isn't for them. To them, I would say, well, hey, you should check us out. We're really not that organized. <laughs> but in all seriousness, what organized religion is, what it does, is it takes all the various threads of our lives and it weaves and organizes them together into a beautiful tapestry and it calls the whole thing holy. This is what the feast of the presentation is all about. Mary and Joseph making yet another journey, this time with their newborn child on the outside of their bodies bringing the brand new thread of his life into the ancient tapestry of their religion, of Judaism, and adding stitches to it with the threads of their own lives. Simeon weaves in his thread, guided and whispered to by the Holy Spirit. And there's Anna's thread shimmering with prophecy and grief and wisdom. And these threads create this beautiful and holy thing together. Master, 
Now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. The loom, the thing that brought these lives into the same place and wove them together into this beautiful moment, was organized religion. Don't you think that a world like ours that is so divided and in so much pain could use a little more beauty, a little more carbon and protein in our all-silicone diet? Lord knows. I believe it. I recently went an entire year without seeing an old friend from high school in person. And she and I are connected on Instagram, though, and through her photos of cute shoes and trendy restaurants for brunch and avocado toast and her absolutely adorable kitties, I assumed everything was fine. I didn't know until I invited her over to dinner that her mother has been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Even though I followed her Instagram feed, I had no idea that I had lost track of the thread of her life, her real life. I believe that moments like these, the presentation of Jesus in the temple, the thousands of small, nourishing, protein-to-protein interactions we have here at church, the dinners with old friends. I believe that these moments are not just beautiful, they're holy, and they're healing. They feed us in a way that silicone interactions just can't. So think about it. Could you risk a wrinkled nose and a no thanks from a neighbor to add a new thread to God's beautiful tapestry? Are these moments in connection with God and with our fellows, are these moments worth a journey down the driveway and an invitation to church? Think about it. Amen. Amen.